The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to a midweek editions here. It's Hale Varsity Radio, and we're powered by your friends at Herd Ad Sports. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel, as it is uh, the midweek edition, 489-1240, 489-1240, to get in, 800-825-5865. can email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com, and you're invited to watch the show, not just listen, but watch Hail Varsity YouTube channel, Hail Varsity Radio, Twitter feed at H Varsity Radio. We will talk a little more Nebraska, Michigan. I know there's not the buzz you want for it if you're a Nebraska fan, but that's the reality. Why is that? There's fear. <laughs> there's fear in the air for Saturday for a lot of Nebraska fans. We'll spend some time on that. Where do you side with the whole Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey thing? Oh, it's cute. Good work, Trav. Uh, shut up. I just want to watch football. I don't need it. We'll explore those multiple choices. NBA news uh, to touch on with Dame getting freed from Portland. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, also get some thoughts from Mike Babcock. He'll join us. Uh, Evan Bland with the Omaha World Herald. He'll spend some time in Hour 2. And then Greg Henson slated to join us. Uh, He is a Michigan insider. He is the man who broke the Harbaugh news a few years back that Jimbo was coming back to Ann Arbor. So Greg Henson, uh, Michigan insider with us in Hour 2, 489-1240. So I'm going to try... This excuse tonight. The excuse being, dear, it is Michigan week. Number two is coming to town. Lige, I'm putting my cards on the table. I, I have not gotten anything for my wife. It is our anniversary, but it is our 20th anniversary tonight. So we've been together since high school, since the, the mid-90s. The, uh, the Fiesta Bowl year. I always chalk things up back to football. And uh, she's awesome. She's great. The Bunny is her name. And she's just incredible. But I have not ventured out to, to get her anything. It's Michigan week when we moved into our house almost six years ago. Yeah, carry the one. I did not help with the move because it was Ohio State week that week. And it just, maybe I I am lucky, maybe I'm forgetful. It's not that I don't think she deserves nice things. She absolutely does. I just, what do you, what do you get her? Uh, I mean, she's got everything, right? Now, 20 years ago, she said, I guess, instead of I do, but I am, I'm running with it. I am taking it. Well, congrats. Yeah. Congrats. Dinner. She's working today. She's a nurse. So I, I, I offered dinner, and her quote was, bitch, where are you taking me to dinner? Do I have to censor that? I don't know. I don't know. But I guess we'll find out. That's, what, that's, that, that's what she said last night as uh, she was watching Netflix. Uh, let's see here. That's her to me, not me to her. <laughs> 
see, I, the tone I, of voice was, it's all in the delivery how she says it. And see, you're going to the wrong guy for gift-giving advice here. We, we went through this a couple weeks ago when it was her birthday. and Or, or a month ago, but yeah. A couple weeks ago, same thing. That's four. Four of the couple. <laughs> um, single? You, yeah, you, you asked the two single guys in the room. Like, I am... There's a reason I'm single. No, I'm saying, is Michigan a good enough Michigan week? I'm sorry, dear, I didn't get you anything for the anniversary because it's it's Michigan week. Daddy's busy. Huh, that kind of shows that that on the hierarchy of things, you're putting your Work job football. in Husker football above her, which might not send the best message. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> What well, what I mean by that is whether I was you're gonna throwing, wake up to divorce papers. No, no, I, I, that would have happened already. <laughs> the over unders we we've blown past the overs on that thing. Uh, well, uh, that's funny, Brandon. I can't do that one on the air. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, Brian gets back to football and says, "Yes, the smell of years." Uh, 20 years of Schmidt, a little, a liter of cheap vodka, and a gallon of orange juice. Brian, I'll take it. I'll take the McCormick's, and I'll even take the frozen concentrate orange juice. You see, there is a a serious answer here, which is some flowers and a gift card. Mm-hmm. That's the easy, you know? Because I've, I've, I've hey. gotten her, like, the hour-long massage gift certificate mm. that is still unused. It takes a while to schedule those things. I've, try, I've tried to schedule one of those before. It's, okay. It takes a while. I, I say 20 years of marriage, get her a $20 gift card to a gas station here in town because that's practical. It has, it has nacho cheese to put on the hot dog. I was thinking more like, what do you know that she is going to need? And that's gas money and gas for her car. So I think $20 for 20 <laughs> years of marriage, that's fair. Some flowers. And there's no way she can be mad at you for that. It's a twenty dollar gift card. <laughs> Fill her up. <laughs> Can't do it. Um, no, I'll probably figure out some flowers. I'll, I will say this though: I do, I do just surprise her uh, from time to time with flowers. And we try and go to dinner quite a bit now. She was fishing to go to dinner last Saturday. Thankfully, there was an hour weather delay. And, and I got out of it. I will text her and say, hey, sweetie, love you much. Can I pick up dinner tonight? Can I grill for you? But her and the kid are kind of ungrateful with the, the grilling part. And maybe I, I, I go to it too often. They aren't as enamored with it as I am. I love the grilling part. Ooh, great anniversary gift idea. You buy yourself a grill. So that you can cook her up some stuff on the grill. Well, bang! You want me to go get a, 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 a like a flat top blackstone? Just whatever your heart desires. Well, I I'm good. Hey, you're with, you're half of this marriage too. I I am. <laughs> I am uh, I'm good with the grill options, be it the infrared or the the smoker. So we'll get to some of these uh, comments here. But Kendall's on the phone lines. He's been waiting here because he's got some advice. For okay, you. Kendall, fire away. Uh, Thank not, you for calling. Not only do I have some advice, Mister. Listen, you're you're talking to a guy who's been divorced twice, so you, you need to start treating that lady like a queen. Uh, you you need to show up with a single red rose, okay? You need to take her out. Uh, you you go start her Heyman. You get that little bauble for her. 
you take her out to the single barrel, and you can have your whiskey. You can have your whiskey, but you better make sure she's got three glasses of wine in her. Okay, so I, I have texted Rick from our friends at Sauter Heyman because Rick has kept me married for a while. Thankfully, well, 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 I want to. I want to see some follow through, Mister. Oh, Kendall, I'll work on it. So, Kendall, I, I, I do feel like going to you for marriage advice, though, after your two divorces, and I don't mean any offense by this. Wow, I do think we're a little no, judgmental. No, that's because no. I know how to lose them. Yeah, no, I was going to say that that's kind of like going to Jeff Sims for turnover advice on how to not throw Jeff, interceptions. Jeff, what like, are we doing in the red zone here? Bingo. What are we doing in the red zone? Uh, love it, Kendall. We will duly note that we will go find a red rose and we'll go find something sparkly okay just just do it you gotta you gotta make sure you put a smile on her face uh that would be sleeping in the other room thank you kendall <laughs> appreciate you bud sure. yeah so there we go and, and kendall offered that up quick and easy yeah it's uh i'm oh for two bless his heart and um he's he's offering up good advice so uh, he, we've got football thoughts as well. <laughs> yeah, there's some unhinged comments in the chat These, right now for the for those of us listening oh, via podcast or via radio. And if, yeah, and if you want to check out the the YouTube channel from Hale Varsity, I mean it. It's hilarious. Well, you know what we could do? Tim's, to, Tim's got a suggestion here that I think is actually good. At the okay. peak of your busy day, stop, call her, and thank her for 20 years of being your partner, then get back to work. I can get her on the line here. I, I Well, I did call her this morning. Okay. It's 7. I even tried FaceTiming her, and, and she did not answer. She did send me a um, happy anniversary mm. icon. It wasn't the middle finger either. Brandon's comments are absolutely hilarious. We can't. Say I, I can't say any of them. Uh, it's um, <laughs> yeah. With with what he is he is suggesting, Brandon's saying there's all sorts of things you can get her for the anniversary. <laughs> Oh, that's well, pretty good. Schmitty, did you ever follow the uh, the Lonely Island of SNL fame back in the day? Well, it's about bit. ten years ago. A bit. They, they they always uh, or they had a big song and it was step one, cut a hole in the box. Oh right, yeah, right. Okay, what a gift. Yeah, <laughs> step one, cut a hole in the box. Look at look. look <laughs> I won't say step two, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, four eight nine twelve forty. Yep. So it's it's twenty years, and I am. The guy that chastises those who get married during football season during the fall. Let me make this clear that Nebraska was supposed to play San Jose State in 2003. They punted San Jose State. Thank you, Bill Byrne. And they played Southern Miss on a Thursday night. That was the night of the infamous bachelor party. And uh, we had that Saturday free. I got to watch Cal and... USC in overtime, and then go take wedding picks. So it was all good. Uh, we'll get into some Nebraska here, and we'll take more advice and yes or no on the, hey, it's Michigan week, so I can't get you anything for 20 years yet. Now, just so you know this, she's not a fan of water. She's like a gremlin. She's allergic to water, so I can't say, hey, dear, let's go on a cruise. Mm. Uh, I had to trank dart her to get her to, to North Carolina for an award ceremony two summers ago. She doesn't like flying. So, 
Uh, it's going to come down to dinner tonight, probably. I just looked it up, Schmitty. There is availability during the Husker bye week at the Great Wolf Lodge. Oh, she'd lose her mind. <laughs> she would absolutely lose her mind because that's the indoor water park. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And it's, it's, it's seen better days. I haven't been recently. I've, oh. I've heard it's seen better days, but we, we stayed... nothing screams romance like the Great Wolf Lodge. <laughs> you mean where there's a bastion of neck and back tattoos? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> she'd go there and mutter under her breath about, and listen, if you've taken your kids to the Great Wolf Lodge, sorry about the free shot out there, good for you. And don't kid yourself, you bellied up to the bar while the kids swam. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. <laughs> you just go, give me a double, Captain. Okay. Let's get so, to football, right? <laughs> what now? I said, let's get to football, right? Yeah, I think so. We've, I've rambled on. Forgive me here. But so... Let me ask you this. Does, we'll get this thought from Babcock coming up here. Does Nebraska hang around Saturday? Yes. And why? No, absolutely not. Because. And right now, and the reason I bring this question up is I get a call from our old friend we met in Boulder, Husker Chad. Husker Chad's like, what's going to happen? He's, he's driving up from Kansas City. He's choosing not to go to Great Wolf Lodge this past weekend, but he's coming up for Nebraska-Michigan. So he's making the investment, the three-hour drive north, and is saying, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And, and I think it's not that Nebraska's going to lay down. It's not that Nebraska's not going to fight. It's not that Nebraska's going to do everything in their power to make this ball game You've just got David v. Goliath. Now, I know David won and only took one time, but Goliath is very real on Saturday, and it is Michigan, and it is Harbaugh. And I just don't see – I have not made my mind up if Nebraska hangs around. I can talk myself into why Nebraska would hang around, but I just don't. I just don't see it happening. I, I think eventually things go sideways because of turnovers, and Michigan just puts, puts the sleeper hold on you to go wrestling reference, and Nebraska goes to sleep. That does not blow up the rest of the season. That does not prevent them from uh, going to Champaign, a week from Friday and, and getting to the bye week at 3-3. Three and three. But Saturday's a different beast. Who do we got? We have Fred on the line. He's got some uh, marriage advice. All right, for Fred, go for it. It's 20 years. Hey. Yeah, so here's the deal. I would pick King's Ransom to have what you have. My wife died of a cancer after her 18th anniversary. She did not live to our 19th. Do not take it for granted, sir. Take what she values, whether it be time, whether it be a gift, or just telling her how much you love her. Do not take this for granted. We spent $600,000 for a cancer treatment. It was not enough. Mm. Do not take it for granted. That's my advice to you. Value her, honor her, because you never know what will happen tomorrow. Fred, thank thank you for the advice, Fred. Appreciate you offering that up and uh, sharing your your history. I'm so sorry for you. Mm. No problem. Thank you. Uh Appreciate it. There he is. Thank you. Take care. Yep. Fred, uh, Wow pretty real there so absolutely thankful for 20 years with uh with mama
So it's pretty awesome. We'll spend some time with Mike Babcock. We'll get there, get his thoughts from Hale Varsity. If you want Mike's email, let me give that to you so you can get the Hale Varsity newsletter twice a week. Uh, Mike B at HerdAtSports.com, where you, where you log on and email him. We'll talk a little more Michigan, and uh, we will put our heads together for that 20th anniversary gift. Maybe I'll come up with something here by 6. Hail Varsity continues. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Tim chimed in and said, at the peak of your busy day, make that phone call to her for 20 years and then get back to work. That's fair. We'll dive into some thoughts on Emmett Johnson. Are you sick of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift? Nebraska, do they hang around Saturday? We welcome in Mr. Husker Football, Mike Babcock with us from Hale Varsity. At MD Babs on Twitter, Mike, it's uh, Michigan week. How are we doing? I'm doing fine, uh, all things considered, I guess. No kidding, man. Mike, no kidding. Mike, do you have any advice on the 20-year wedding anniversary gift? As we had Pete Cullen during the break, he says a handwritten Note will do wonders. Get the card, a long handwritten message. He, he, he thinks that's the ticket right there. You have any advice for Schmitty? Uh, no, I'm probably a bad to, to give advice for that because I never remember to do anything of substance when the when the anniversaries come around. So I'm lucky that Barb stays with me, but mm-hmm. um, no, I have no I have no advice in that area. Uh, uh, how about how about seats? I'll, I'll get her seats to uh, to Nebraska, Michigan. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, I don't know uh, if that would be a good one either. Uh, <laughs> I thought you said seeds to start. No, like sunflower no, seeds. no, wow. no, no. Seed. Yeah, I'll get her a bag of you know dill pickle flavor. <laughs> yeah, the the, uh, the old Taco Bell mix. Hey, sweetie, here's a seven pound jug of. Sunflower seeds and go see Nebraska play Michigan. Have fun with that. That's not a subtle way of saying that your wife is a Wolverines fan, is it? Not at all. I she I just don't know how how it's gonna look Saturday for for Nebraska fans, Mike. And that's that's where we can go next is do you think Nebraska hangs around Saturday? Well, you know, I had an answer already for that, and then you mentioned turnovers and all of a sudden it turned over in my head. You you crossed it out. (laughs) Maybe I had to rethink that. But if, if Nebraska could take care of the ball and not turn it over, I think uh, the scrappiness of it, I think the Huskers could hang around. I mean, Michigan's first four games have all been at home, right? Mm-hmm. And it hasn't been exactly murderer's row that they played. And I know that Nebraska's not on murderer's row either. Um, but I, I think that the Nebraska's defense, again, if the offense is not constantly putting them in difficult situations, I think the defense is gritty enough and has enough guys that are seeing an opportunity to play that Nebraska can could hang with Michigan at least for a while. Um, again, you know, defense is where it has to start in the Big Ten, and the ability to stop the run 
which Nebraska has done, and, and again, it's not a great sample size to determine that, but Nebraska has been able to stop the run, number one in rushing defense. So that helps you stay in, stay in the game, I think. Um, is Nebraska's offense going to do a lot against them? I don't, I don't think so, but take care of the ball. Take care of the ball. That's the important thing. It's Mike Babcock with us here on Hale Varsity Radio talking Nebraska-Michigan. And, Mike, the way I see this Michigan team is it's, it's not Mike Tyson, if you will. It's not a, a team that is going to, you know what, have that one-punch knockout early in a fight. They're more like Bud Crawford. They're going to feel you out. They're going to hit those body blows early. Then as a fight wears on, they're going to take it out of you, and, and they're going to really turn up the pressure late in that game and, and, and try to finish it there. And, hey, if they win by decision at the end, they'll take a victory and they'll move on. What is something that you're going to be watching for from this Husker football team to see if they're going to be able to hang through the full fight? Because I don't doubt that Nebraska will be able to play Michigan tough, feeding off of the home fans. But what I worry about is Michigan, just with those body blows as the game goes on, slowly pulling away and slowly demoralizing that Husker team. Similar to what we saw with Colorado, where, you know what, Nebraska played a great half of football, but you find yourself down by 13 at the half, and it feels like a pretty insurmountable 13-point lead. If Michigan ever gets to a 13-point lead in this game, I think it'll feel pretty insurmountable with how they play football. So what are you going to be watching for early to see if Nebraska is going to be able to hang around? Well, again, the turnovers, because you mentioned Colorado, part of the problem there was you turned the ball over in situations that could have could have enhanced your position, and you would have been better off, and you would have maybe stayed in the fight a little bit longer than than what you did. That was the difficult thing. That's where those turnovers are so critical. Um, I don't know if Nebraska has the physicality to stay with Michigan to the end. That's that's the thing. I you know I haven't seen any indication that that's going to be the case. But you know, Harburg, for example, you know there's a there's a tough guy. You know there's a there's a guy that can hang in there. And I like the fact that Nebraska is running some option. You know that's that's a great thing I think in the, in the Big Ten because you don't see a lot of teams running options. So if you've got some option uh, in your offense and you're taking care of the ball to some extent, and when you run option, taking care of the ball is a is a concern obviously because you're you're handling it more than you would otherwise. Um, but with with the option, that causes some difficulty in preparing for Nebraska that makes any sense because you don't see that kind of offense that whole all that much um but can nebraska run the ball effectively against a michigan defense that i, I think you posted a, a video of uh, jenkins uh mm-hmm. lifting weights <laughs> uh they got some they got some strong guys and, and you're gonna it's not you're not gonna wear those guys down i don't think Mike Babcock with us from Hale Varsity at MD Babs on Twitter. So, Mike, let's uh, spend a moment on the the Husker defense, and you know they've done well running the football, but they're not putting their feet up with their anointment as the, the top rushing defense in the country. the The turnover part is is going to be critical for Saturday, and back to the physicality. Are you comfortable in saying, you know, Nebraska is as good as advertised on defense, or do you have a question about that? I don't think – yeah, I still have questions because we don't have a big enough sample size to say what what Nebraska is defensively 
against the run. And, okay, so you're dealing with a Michigan offense that has a quarterback that has completed about 80% of his passes. He's been intercepted three times. He's thrown eight touchdowns. You got a running back that averages in quorum that averages six yards a carry. He scored eight touchdowns. You got good balance on offense in Michigan. How is that? How is the defense going to hold up against that? When against the run, when you've got a quarterback that's that effective, I mean, seventy-nine point eight percent completion rate. That's that's pretty impressive, I think. Um, even with the three interceptions, so that that's going to make a difference. The ability to throw the ball puts you in a more difficult situation as you try to stop the run. Mike, early in a rebuild under Matt Rule, whenever you know the number two team in the nation comes to town, do you play for moral victories? Or are we going to be talking about that on Saturday night whenever we do our reaction show from the Bar the Bar in downtown Lincoln? Uh, is there a, a moral victory aspect to this game? Or at a place like Nebraska, is there no such thing as moral victories? Um, I think that we can talk about moral victories. I doubt if Matt Rule and his staff will talk about moral victories. You know, that's that's something that even if you felt it, it probably isn't something that you would express. Mm. Um, but yeah, we can we can we can say there are moral victories, and I, you know, I I would feel that way if Nebraska can hang with Michigan, even if you come out of there with a loss. If you hung if you hung with the number two team in the country, mm-hmm. as physical as that team is. I think you got to feel good about yourself going into the Illinois game, which is going to be critical if Nebraska wants to get to uh, uh, six wins in a bowl, I I think. Mike, before we get you out, let's talk a little bit about the the running back situation. Grant looked good. Grant needs to be in bubble wrap so he can play on Saturdays. Uh, A thought on Fleeks and his role because that was a, a new wrinkle on Monday. You know, that's really interesting that they that they moved him. And, uh, you know, he had some size and physicality there. How quickly you can make that adjustment um, at the college level you're talking about, you know, whatever he did in the past before he got to, got to college. Um, I think you need that because you lost two of your top three guys going into the season. Uh, you've got Emma Johnson. You need somebody else that you have confidence in. Uh, and I, you know, I think that if Grant is taking care of the ball, which was the reason that he was third on the depth chart going into the season, um, if he can take care of the ball, I still think he's the kind of guy that can, you can get him a lot of carries in the game. He's a physical runner. He can get the job done, but he has to be able to take care of the ball. He was a leading rusher last year, but just taking care of the ball is, is the issue. It's Mike Babcock with us here. And Mike, if Nebraska does in fact pull the epicent on Saturday, let's play the hypothetical game here just quickly. Who needs to step up and be the MVP for this Husker football team if they do want to get it done? Well, I think who want, who needs to step up? Okay, obviously the quarterback, if it's Harburg or Sims, I, I, I think it would probably be Harburg. Um, the quarterback needs to continue to play at a high level and take care of the ball. Um, but it's going to be guys on defense, you know, Ty Robinson, Blaze Gunderson, uh, Nash Hupmacher. Those guys are going to have to hold up against that Michigan offensive line and keep Nebraska in the game so that the offense can have a chance to 
to get something done. Mike, what's coming up with the newsletter this week from Hale Varsity? Um, I did one on uh, uh, the Michigan game in 1962, which uh, Bob Devaney said if they didn't win any games, any other games in 62, they needed to win Michigan because the difference in Big Ten and Big Eight at the time, a win against a Big Ten team, even though Michigan finished 2-7 and seven that year, um, was a significant thing for Bob. And uh, so I, the historical one, that's what I, what, what I wrote about. And then uh, for the one coming up, I wrote a little bit about the option and some numbers that apply to the game. Uh, on Saturday. Mike, with that 1962 game, did, did Bob Devaney pull the, the 2023 college football card and talk about disrespect postgame? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't uh, believe that he did. He didn't have his, uh, he didn't have a cell phone. He didn't have an opportunity to tweet anything. Uh, <laughs> did he have uh, a role? Did he have a Rolex to point to? I don't think he did. I don't no. think Bob had a Rolex to point to. Uh, but I don't know that for a fact. I love it. Mike Babcock, uh, subscribe to his newsletter. Mike B. at HerdAtSports.com. Great stuff, as always, at MD Babs on Twitter. Mike, we'll check in with you this weekend. Thanks for a few minutes today. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Love Babbers. Good to see him in his football office. The stream comments have been on fire about the 20th anniversary gift for the Bunny. We will get to some of those. We will talk about Travis Kelsey. Is his heart, well, break-proof in more Nebraska, Michigan. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Big thanks for hanging out. Hale Varsity Radio on a Wednesday, powered by Herdat Sports. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. So, a couple of comments here. Brent chimes in. And I don't know that we need a new one, but but I like where your head's at, Brent. Uh, my wife, for her 20th anniversary with me, probably wants a new pellet smoker. Uh, and, and you know, the one we have now still works, but I like Elijah's original thought about a, another grill for the patio. That could work well. Uh, Moonbot is right on the money here, literally. Get her cash. And hope she buys you something with it. Along those same lines, take that money, Schmitty, that you would throw to an anniversary present. Okay. Go to the sports book. <laughs> Lock in a nasty parlay. And then you guys can get together. Let's get an NFL parlay. Watch it together on a Sunday. It's like a bonding activity. We get a root for this parlay together. And if it hits, you get all the money. If it doesn't, well, we had fun. Huh? So so here's here's the playbook, right? Sweetie, I was going to spend two grand on you with something nice and sparkly, but instead I went to the juice bar, we hit the uh, casino, and uh, I bought tobacco and alcohol too. So we just hit the, the, the trifecta plus one of ways to burn money as an adult. Well. <laughs> alcohol, tobacco, juice bar, gambling. Well, I mean, I think the ATF has it down with the three. Alcohol, tobacco, firearms. Mm-hmm. It's the three things you need. But speaking of bad anniversary presents here, um, my roommate, I don't think I've, I've received permission to tell this story on the air. I'm going to do it anyway. So, so leave his name out of it? Uh, I will leave his name out of it. But he got broken up with a mm-hmm. while back. And um, that, was, that, was, guess, that was well and good. If you had to guess why did they break up? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, 
I, I never thought it was the reason I'm asking that is I'm going to throw a dart here at, at Swift and Kelsey as to why it won't last. Okay, well, I'm not quite sure the true reasons for the breaking up. They, they drifted apart, whatever. I didn't think they were great for each other anyway. I digress. Um, on her social media a while later, um, her new boyfriend for a six-month dating anniversary, which is hilarious, first off, that you're buying anniversary presents, not even at a year for a girl you're just dating. Like, good for you, I guess. Whatever. Um, what he got her was, the new boyfriend, that is, an authentic, sharpened, like, hand-forged sword. What? Yeah. Is she into pirates? No, but she, like, posted up, like, oh, like, best boyfriend ever, got this, yada, yada, yada. And I went and talked I'm to- afraid she'd use it on me. I went and talked to my roommate about it. And I went like, hey, at least you're not like with the girl who like wanted swords for an anniversary. And he's like, dude, how do you think that makes me feel? The fact that I lost out to a guy, that guy buys swords as an anniversary present. Like, what are you, what is, what's going on here? Like, I lost out to a loser. <laughs> well, I'll say this. The pirate told the story early in his time with us, Mike Leach, about how he was invited to Matthew McConaughey's wedding. And Camille, Matthew's wife, got a authentic sword, pirate sword, from the from from Coach Leach. That was the wedding gift he gave McConaughey and Camille. I think that's cooler coming from Mike Leach, though. Well, because he's yeah, the swing your sword guy. Yeah, but he got it for Camille in case. Matthew ever got out of line, <laughs> she could use it on him. And he said that. He's like, oh, I got it for her, not for him. So there you go. But yeah, the, the whole sword thing, man, was it a lightsaber or was it a sword like Game of Thrones deal? Like Game of Thrones, like straight up sharpened sword. Was this a goth gal? No. 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 She just... Was into swords. I guess. <laughs> My roommate's like, well, how do you think that <laughs> Did makes she me juggle feel? <laughs> fire too, or or what? Okay, uh, this is the Heights podcast. We uh, this is edited for airplay. Yes, it is. So the uh, cat is out of the bag. Kelsey and Taylor and the world blew up. And and you may be in in one of two camps. Shut up about it, or mildly interested or i'm kind of interested because i have family wife girlfriend daughter that loves taylor swift and i don't hate on taylor i think she's super talented don't know her music super well but some of it and uh travis kelsey uh kind of spilled what he was willing to spill yesterday with the with his brother on the heights how's it feel that uh taylor swift has finally put you on the map Shout out to Taylor for uh, for pulling up. That was pretty ballsy. That was pretty ballsy. Yeah, <laughs> I um, I just thought it was awesome how everybody in the suite had nothing but great things to say about her. You know, the the friends and family. She looked amazing. Everybody was talking about her in a, in great light. And on top of that, the day went perfect for Chiefs fans. Of course, <laughs> we scripted it all, ladies and gentlemen. It was it was just impressive. It was impressive. It was very impressive. It was. Uh... Impressive on the field. It was impressive in the box. The energy was electric. It was absolutely like to see the slow motion chest bumps, to see the, the the high fives with mom, to uh, to see how, you know, Chiefs Kingdom was all excited that she was there. That was absolutely hysterical. And it was uh, it was definitely a game I'll remember. That's for damn sure. Um, 
And then we just slid off in the getaway car at the end. Took my Chevelle to the game and yeah. Got the convertible, baby. Oh, yeah. You already know, having fun flying around, breaking all the speed limits and that thing. Shout out to Taylor for coming through and seeing me rock the stage. Love it. So there you go. They'll keep uh, part of it private. Is this just a, hey, we hung out. It was fun. We closed the restaurant down. Your jersey sales are up 4%. I'm going on tour internationally now. Uh, See ya. I'll DM you. Or do you think this thing can last? I don't know, man. Kelsey's a guy that has had a lot of relationships. Now, Kelsey's also a guy that probably is comfortable not wearing sleeves, which is fine. If you can rock the tank top or the bro tank, go for it. But Travis Kelsey's a bro. Oh, yeah. And... She has dated guys in the past that are touchy-feely, deep thinkers. Not that Kelsey's not smart in his own way, but he's, he's more of a meathead mm-hmm. versus the intellectual slash artist guy. He's the golden retriever. Yes. I love it. Doesn't take a lot of work. Hey, you can go on tour. He's going to be playing his football season. Like you're gonna have a, a you're gonna have a great retriever. you're gonna have a great time when you're with him. Not a whole bunch of work. I just found the answer out for what to get Mama for our twentieth anniversary. A golden retriever. Let's get her a third big dog <laughs> so she can curse the world. No, but like, I mean, I don't. I, I think it's gonna work out well just because they're both people that are very seemingly career driven, career oriented. It's it's not a whole bunch of upkeep. A golden retriever. It's as simple as that. They're, they're awesome. Great uh, dogs. And they are. And if I were to get her a, a golden retriever to go with the Labradoodle and the German Shepherd, I would have to get her a second vacuum. And this is not me putting my snout on. She asked for an Auric for our first anniversary. A what? Auric vacuum. She wanted a vacuum for her first anniversary. Hmm. So I got her one. But every time she would take that thing in, it wasn't. It's like the, the mechanic in Seinfeld that kept busting Jerry's chops about how he didn't take care of his sob. So whenever she would bring in the auric for maintenance, he would just kind of give her the side eye. Well, you know, you got to take better care of it. I mean. Well, I, I, I know a vacuum guy. No, I, I, the point is, is like. I'll, I'll send you to my vacuum guy moving forward there, Rob. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a dealer. He's a mechanic. He does it all. Can he, can he sneak me out of the country? <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him, breaking, honestly. Breaking bad reference. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past him. Breaking bad reference. We'll wind down Hour 1. Evan Bland's coming up. More of your comments on football and, yes, the anniversary. And uh, Evan Bland with us. And then Greg Henson, Michigan Insider, in Hour 2. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Got in love hearing from our dear friend and Saturday partner, Mark Cranach, the weekend edition, asking about marbling. Go back and check out the podcast for Saturday's show, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Yeah, out, also, out of context, if you missed it on Saturday. It's, you, need it, to, you need to go back and check out Hour 2, Cranach talking about marbling. Somehow dogs came up there again. And we, we have a great combo here between football talk and the 20th anniversary. Chris chimes in, says, take her on the California Zephyr. Stop in Denver, hit Winter Park, Salt Lake. Reno, Tahoe, uh, and uh, check it all. Uh, so, yeah, get her to the Bay Area. That would be all right since she's not a flyer. I do want to shoot that one down, though, because uh, unless you're it's doing shows season. from the road. like I could do it, though. 
But I wouldn't do that to you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> like, don't get that wheel turning. <laughs> um, uh, Brennan says, let's all apply Fred's advice this week uh, to the Husker football team and finally turn the corner. And that's a great point. Yeah. That's a fantastic point. Cause I, that's why I am confused about some of the lack of buzz surrounding this Nebraska-Michigan game. Oh, folks, it's, it's really, it's, it's easy. It's, it's expectations. Fuck. Your expectations for the year were not to be 2-2 two and two at this point. All right? Fair or not, your expectations as a Nebraska fan was to be better than 2-2, two and two, and your expectations were to be better on offense. Not so, it's not even a complicated, it's just, it is complicated to do things well. On offense, but my my thing is is against like, this Hus- Husker fans. You get twelve of these games a year, only mm-hmm. seven at home, and of those seven, you're talking one out of every couple of years where you're going to get a top ten team in Lincoln. And now as the Big Ten grows and gets better, maybe it's once every two or three years you're going to get a, a top ten. You're going to get a top town. ten squad in in Lincoln. You're going to get a top fifteen team once a year. You're, you're, yeah, that's fair. But number two in the country, the opportunity that there is on Saturday is great. And I know people they probably remember that Oklahoma game last year and remember how much that one sucked. And I, I get it. Mm-hmm. But think back to Michigan a couple of years ago. If Nebraska takes any sort of lead in this game on Saturday, no matter how short-lived it'll be, the Energy Memorial Stadium will be unlike any other game this year, even if Nebraska goes on to lose 28-7. to The opportunities there, and I just don't understand why Husker fans aren't excited about this one or, or seemingly unexcited about this one just because the opportunity is rare, it's unique, and hey, I, I personally don't think Michigan is a team that is built to go boat race Nebraska. It's going to be a close game. Maybe it's just for a half. Maybe it's for three quarters. Maybe it's the entire game. But it's going to be fun at Memorial Stadium on Saturday. That's well, why I don't understand why people are coming at this because they, uh, they don't want to be hurt again. Well, they they, they, they won't be hurt again because they're not going to get their hopes up. right? They're going to just take that out of the equation. Uh, Tim chimes in. Two things happen. Nebraska finds out how real their defense is. Totally agree, Tim. Two, Nebraska finds out how real their ranking is because they've not seen a defense like Nebraska. Problem is, is Nebraska has not seen a defense like Michigan's on offense, which is uh, realistic. Uh, Cutter's worried about his liver if Nebraska wins. And, and I think there's a, a healthy respect towards one's liver if Nebraska does the job and pulls the upset off. You just wonder if they'll be able to hang around and can Nebraska handle four quarters of, of physical football at the level of Michigan's physicality. And, and you can ask the same question for Michigan. Can they handle four quarters of Nebraska's physicality? Go into it. We'll see where it is. Remember the bar, the bar. Noon to 2, Saturday, weekend edition. Hour 2 coming up. Our friend Evan Bland will kick us off. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Hale Varsity powered by Herdat Sports. Brandon is head of the Blur Parties for a tailgate. Good for him. We're at the bar, noon to 2.00. 
1644 P Street. We're at Single Barrel tomorrow night. We're up at the Herdat Sports Bar Friday to get things kicked off 4 to 6. So uh, pick a spot, pick a time, come see us as we're out and about. And uh, Brandon also adds that Nebraska will hang around for three quarters. We welcome in Evan Bland from the Omaha World Herald at Evan Bland on Twitter, at Evan Bland OWH on Twitter. So, Evan, it's been a, a dual show, one on anniversary advice for me and and also plenty of thoughts on, on Michigan v. Nebraska. Uh, I will take your advice on Nebraska football first. Yay or nay, does Nebraska hang around? We'll get to the anniversary advice. You've been married a while as well. I do. I do think Nebraska is going to hang around, and it's for a lot of reasons. I think it's for how Michigan plays. I think it's for how Nebraska similarly wants to huddle up and slow down the tempo and run the ball. Like I, I think if you're Michigan, you're looking ahead to how do you beat Penn State, how do you beat Ohio State, and get in that national title conversation. So unless they're pushed, I don't see why they stray too much from sort of their base stuff this weekend in Lincoln. And, and you know, for Nebraska, the way that their defense is played, uh, you don't, you would be surprised if they were to be gashed. So like, this doesn't seem like, you know, Ohio state of a couple of years ago where uh, things get run up and get out of hand. Like this seems to me like, um, a game that's probably going to go pretty quickly unless the TV timeouts have something to say about it. And uh, you'll probably get into the fourth quarter and, and, you know, a one possession sort of game and feels to me like 24 points would be enough to win it one way or the other. And um, yeah, I I do. I I would be surprised kind of like how Minnesota plays. Like Mm -hmm. it just, Michigan's not going to run away with it, but they're going to do what Nebraska is trying to build toward, which is wear you down early and then by the time you get to the fourth quarter, they're able to impose their will. So we'll see if, if that manifests. Evan, something that Schmidt and I kind of agreed on Monday, I want to get your take on it as well, is we feel like this is the game, even though Matt Rule said it before the season started, he's not a guy who believes in fast starts. He believes that the game is four quarters. But if there's any game this season that Nebraska does require a quick start and something to go right early, is it this one? Yeah, probably. I mean, you want to. I mean, I guess it didn't really work out great for Rutgers last week. They got that early advantage and didn't do a lot with it. But I mean, certainly you don't want to fall behind by a possession or two, and that really allows Michigan to settle in and pound the run and 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 work that clock over and over. So yeah, I mean, I don't know how it happens. Like maybe Nebraska um, dials up some play action. Maybe somebody busts a run. Maybe special teams provides a spark. Like there's different ways that I suppose you could see it playing out but yeah it does seem like a situation where um, you know if you fall behind and Michigan can run and then uh, on top of that you're forced to start to pass to get back into it that's clearly not been something Nebraska's uh, been comfortable doing to this point and so you if you're Nebraska you really want those situations when you're passing the ball uh, to be sort of deceptive, um, you know, change of pace sort of moments as opposed to something Michigan can plan on um, because it can really snowball pretty quickly from there. Evan, th- that's kind of the, the the worry by a lot of Nebraska fans is the, the snowball, which you saw the final five against Colorado. And then when when you did get some points, the defense couldn't stop. You've had an absence or it's been missing 
complementary football, offense, defense, helping one another out. This this likely will be Harburg's third start in a row. Tell me a little bit about what you can feel good about with Nebraska's offense and, and that momentum. Well, you know, again, like I don't think this is a situation that we saw in Ann Arbor last year or in 2018 where Nebraska tries to go quick and they turn it over and things get out of hand quickly. Like mm-hmm. that's just how those games went. Like I don't see this being that. Like I, it does seem like when you have a team that has been uh, as committed to running the ball and had success doing it like Nebraska and they've had success – stopping the run, albeit against uh, at least a couple teams that maybe didn't have a ton of interest in doing so. Like, I think that's that's a, a pretty good starting point. And to hear Tony White, the defensive coordinator, and some other black shirts talk this week, like they feel like that next step is right there. Um, you know, they, they gave some examples this week of, of uh, you know, a defender bearing down on a quarterback who just kind of happened to fall over right before, uh, you know, somebody came in to punch out the ball or maybe being – um, you know, a foot away from an interception, or like this. so, like they feel like they're they're getting there, and so I think you can feel good about the defense uh, continuing to get stops with upside being maybe this is the week some of those close call what if moments become takeaways, and like I think that's I mean that's always a, an equalizer in any game, but I think especially with where Nebraska is now, if if you can once or twice on Saturday set your offense up with a short field to where they're at least within range of a field goal, uh, I think that can make a pretty big difference. So I feel good about that. I feel good about, uh, you know, Nebraska shortening this game. Like, I think that's, especially when you're playing a top-five team like Michigan, uh, if you can shorten that game, that's going to play to your to your advantage, too. So, like, I don't get the sense that they're too um, uptight or feeling the pressure in this game, like to me, uh, this is sort of a, a measuring stick game. Um, you know, I don't think there's just a ton of pressure that they're feeling to win it. And I think you look at the second half of the season and how that shakes out coming out of the bye week. Like that's when Nebraska makes its run. Not to say they can't, um, you know, hang or, or put a good showing in Saturday, but I just don't get the, I don't feel the tension maybe that the Colorado week had. And, and so maybe, um, you know, in that sense, they're in a pretty good headspace to go out and perform optimally as well. Evan, I'm going to put you on the spot here whenever you talk about the Husker defense, and I'm going to give you some time to think by listing off the options here. There's a lot of options to this question. I want to get your thoughts on what the most important stat will be for the Husker defense on Saturday if they want to hang around and give the offense a chance to go get it done. Is it going to be that third down percentage? Is it going to be how many yards per carry Michigan gets? You talked about the turnovers. Is it turnovers? Is it tackles for loss, sacks? There's, There's plenty of different stats that you can use to quantify a defensive performance. And I want to get your thoughts on what the most important stat will be on Saturday if Nebraska wants to give themselves a chance. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's got to be takeaways. I mean, you're you're not only ending their drive, but you're potentially, uh, potentially scoring off it if it's like a scoop and score type situation or at the very least uh, benefiting your offense and, and helping them set up. But, you know, I think beyond that too, it's a really intriguing test for that front seven because you know you look up statistically they're the number two rush defense in the country they're allowing fewer than two yards per carry and again Colorado didn't really want to run it Louisiana Tech didn't really want to run it 
But, uh, you know, right right now, through a third of the season, that's sort of the range that Nebraska hasn't seen since that 2009 team with Ndamukong Sue. Like, that's how dominant they've been in the trenches. And so everybody knows what Michigan's all about. They've got an offensive line with a bunch of fourth- and fifth-year guys, all 300-plus pounds, all, you know, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six for the most part, uh, with a with a running back and Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards and and you know JG McCarthy like these are all guys who are going to be in the NFL in the next year or two and so to me this is like the ultimate uh, validation slash exposure sort of 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 day where you know if you can shut those guys down and and set up some third and longs then I think there's no reason to doubt what this defense can do the rest of the year and how it's going to be sort of the tentpole for what Nebraska wants to do in potentially reaching a, a bowl this year. Um, you know, Conversely, if Michigan runs for 200-plus yards the way that they've done against Nebraska the last three meetings back to 2018, uh, then you know, you're, you're, I think your perception of the black shirts changes a little bit moving into the second half, and it's probably something – uh, you know, maybe a, a tier below where they are statistically right now. So that, to me, is really fascinating. Um, you know, Michigan's run the ball so well uh, for a number of years now. Nebraska's off to such a hot start. Something's got to give, and I'll just be fascinated to see what it is. Let's talk about the crowd, and and I think there's a lot of Nebraska fans that are going to show up and, and try and help will the team. There's a lot of Nebraska fans that will show up and – you know they want to they want to see something to cheer about and and I don't blame them either and you know I just what what's the home field advantage going to be like is it going to be vintage or is it going to be kind of wait and see mode what do you think well I, I don't know that it's going to be quite 2021 Michigan that was a really high bar night game uh, they they were up for that I think that was the debut of the light show between the third and the fourth quarter so like. That atmosphere was was really something, and there were a lot of uh, plays that Nebraska made that were just electric. I always think of the Ramir Johnson uh, little wheel route that he ran that mm-hmm. uh, that really electrified things. But um, you know, it, it'll be interesting. Like this two thirty kick um, for a two and two Nebraska team that's kind of had its moments, but I think its its limitations are well documented too. Like uh, it, it feels like maybe a game where. You know, Nebraska's maybe going to have to show a little something. You know, I think the crowd will be juiced early on for sure, and maybe that plays into what we're talking about, about the importance of a fast start and, and keeping uh, the crowd in it in that way. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think just like anything else, um, if you start strong, if the team gives a reason for hope, a reason to believe that this thing will be in doubt into the second half, into the fourth quarter, then, yeah, I think Nebraska fans always rise to the occasion in that regard and and you know they they talked this week about how being on the road at minnesota and colorado um affected them on offense at different moments and certainly you know eighty five thousand at memorial stadiums uh a little bit more intimidating even than the venues that they were at on the road so i think the potential is there and and maybe that again just adds to the importance of, of starting strong I think one of the themes in college football this year has been disrespect, which we've talked about plenty on this show. Don't want to go there with you. I do want to go to another theme we've seen this year. First from Colorado this past weekend from Northwestern, storming the field. If Nebraska gets it done on Saturday, do you, do you sign off on at least the student section, rushing the field, if not everybody? Is that, is that Evan Bland approved? <laughs> well, I don't know that it's, uh, it's university approved, so I don't know that I can go down that road. But 
it's been a long time, right? I think you got to go back to what was it like ninety three Colorado, uh, maybe the last time Nebraska stormed the field. So like it's been a long time, and they've lost twenty two in a row to to ranked opposition going back to Oregon in twenty sixteen. So you know, I, w- I would understand it if they did it. I would understand sort of a cathartic moment where. Uh, I mean, it would. It would be the the, the biggest single win for Nebraska in uh, in seven years. So, in that sense, yeah. I mean, so how often in the last you know five, six, seven years has has going to a home game ended in disappointment? And so, I think, uh, yeah, why not? Like, if you if you're able to to celebrate a win over Michigan and and really get this this Matt Rule era kicked off with a, a statement win that shakes up the college football playoff race. Um, you know, why not make some memories? You look around the country every week and see other fan bases uh, celebrating and having fun. Um, certainly, Nebraska's is well overdue for its moment, too. Well, Evan, it should be noted, storming the field might not be university-approved, but neither is sneaking alcohol into the stadium, and people still do it anyway. So, <laughs> mm. and, and, of course, Elijah's talking hypothetically throughout his academic career. Uh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? That's what we'll say. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Evan, about 30 seconds, you get a phone call from Trev, and he's like, Evan, what do you want improved at the stadium? Because uh, you've got stadium improvements. That's the feel for tomorrow's talk with Trev. Uh, there, you know, there'll, there'll be an announcement as far as some of the, the, the projects, potentially. Uh, what do you think needs upgraded or fixed? Uh, I think you need seatbacks to to give everyone a little bit more personal space. I think you need to totally reimagine South Stadium. I think you need to uh, give students better seating so they can have more of an effect on the game and, and you're treating the next generation of Husker fans right. I think it would be cool to have a concourse area uh, with field vision so you can uh, kind of walk around and, and, and have fans be social and, and watch the game in that way too. Um, I think it starts with South Stadium, though. You got to you got to re- redo that probably from the ground up, and uh, you know make that a better experience for that section of fans. Totally agree. Do you go with a party deck, or do you go with an indoor kind of a a two version of the Champions Club in South Stadium? I'd go with a party deck. I mean, I I thought going to Oklahoma a couple years ago, they had a really cool setup in one of their end zones where. They had some suites at sort of the 300 level, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, they had some open patio areas, and I know it's a little bit warmer down there than it is maybe in Lincoln in November. But um, I just think you know, not everyone's necessarily there just to watch the game. But so if you can set up sort of a of a social area for a select group that gets them into the stadium, gets them involved, I think that's a win. Bouncy house, hot tub, chair backs. <laughs> keep keep it simple. Chair cold backs, chair backs, better beer. stadium Wi-Fi, and cold beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe some bags. You know, you get the whole uh, the whole thing going. The the Jimmy Buffett quarter of the end zone. God rest his soul. <laughs> hey, with a margarita machine. Might as well throw a sports book in there too while you're at it. <laughs> hey. Booze and gambling in the South Stadium. <laughs> and you never know. know. And maybe once it gets legalized, you can throw a dispenser in there just, too. Just just no. The, the okay. <laughs> it's the Boulder experience. They got they're doing something right in Boulder this year with that fan juice. Uh-huh. There. That's all keep, I'm saying. Eat this, right? Forget the game. <laughs> uh, Evan, take care, brother. Thanks for the time today. Thanks, guys. All right, there he is. Evan Bland with us here on Hale Varsity. Good stuff from him. Yeah, anxious to hear from Trev tomorrow because that is a, a topic and a talking point. We'll probably try and tackle tomorrow. Mm. Uh, I did get dinner reservations. Bang. Yes. Where'd you, where? Uh, Piedmont Bistro. Nice. Nice. Good nice. folks. No free shout outs. Yep.
Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hail Varsity. We're presented by your friends, Herd at Sports. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, 489-1240, 489-1240. Number to get in. Still taking uh, anniversary suggestions. Love the commentary, even the ones we can't read on air, with um, suggestions, right? 20 years, it's two dimes for the bunny of, of her doing time like she's Andy Dufresne. And uh, she needs a, 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 a rock hammer, right? Start digging and uh, get out of this situation. In all seriousness, though, it's been pretty awesome. Two good dogs and a great kid. At least we felt that way about him last night. Uh, we'll get to some emails as well. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Reminder to get buckled up. One of every three fatal crashes in Nebraska involves an alcohol-impaired driver. Why take chances? If you drink, don't drive. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. I presume it's our Michigan insider. We say hi to Mr. Greg Henson, and he knows the Wolverines back and forth. Mr. Greg, it's awesome to to, to get caught up with you. Are we going to see you in Lincoln, brother? Uh, actually, I still haven't decided. I, I think <laughs> on my road trip with my kid, head over and see the game. Well, I, You know what? Here's the tragedy of when I lived in Lincoln. Hmm. I didn't get to a game. You were working. Yeah, I never got to go to one. So this would be my first game at Lincoln, even though I lived out there on the southwest side. Well, <laughs> well, well t- tell us what what would that road trip entail? How long in a How car? How bad is, is it? Yeah. We, were, we were going to come see you, I think, last year until they they changed the time on us. It's a nine hour drive, oh, and I was thinking bad. about just rolling. I got a couple of teenage boys, and I was thinking of just rolling over with them. I mean, when we, when I was coming back from Virginia to the Michigan games, it was eleven hours. So this is actually a break. <laughs> it, it, no, it is. You you pack a you pack a cooler. Uh, and uh, you, you, you trade shifts. You guys all you can do that on your head, man. Yeah, we got three drivers, and you know what? You know what the other thing is. You want to save a little money? Throw up a tent, baby. It's beautiful weather. That is true. <laughs> as my, as my uh, friends did in Boulder, and I was going to stay with them until Schmitty graciously allowed me to sleep on the floor of his hotel room. So that uh, was, listen, you, oh, you, that was nice. <laughs> hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. I I did not say hey. You want to split a bed? We weren't going dumb and dumber here, uh, with Why not? Uh, with with the uh, the heart shaped hot tub. I but it was a big enough bed. Listen, dude, you slept on the floor. There was a pull out couch. All right. Well, I brought my don't, sleeping don't bag. Don't pay so. me as this scumbag. Hey, sleep on the floor. I, I well, isn't no. is Boulder like eight hours? It was. Yeah. 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 I, about I, about seven thirty. Mm-hmm. It's not awful. Yeah, you think it's so close, and it's a haul though. No, I, but you got three. You, got, you can rotate it. You got three people. You can the, yep. the the old tent's a good call. I'm not a huge camper. It, Elijah is though. Yeah, He's an I, outdoorsman. I, I can get you the uh, the recommendations for places to to pitch a tent around Lincoln. I got you, Greg. Perfect. And the only other thing I got to know is find out these tickets are expensive. Well, I, here's what I suggest, and we'll get to the game in a minute. What you do. And if you need a place to crash, you don't want to cash, crash uh, in a tent. Let me talk to my mother. All right. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I mean it. I mean, I mean, we, we can get you set up at Casa de Schmidt. 
possibly. <laughs> I haven't asked her yet. Okay. I, I would let you stay at my place, except I don't have a spare room. I've got two dogs that will fight you for the couch. But oh, I, yeah. But I'd bet on you. So, listen, I, I think the, the buzz is minimal here because Nebraska fan is 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 worried. There's there's fear in the air, as one of our, our uh, StreamYard folks said, and, and it just it doesn't look like it's going to go well. Vegas says this thing's just shy of three touchdowns, and Nebraska's a lot better football team under rule. They're just not Michigan's level yet, Greg. Well, two years ago, you guys almost stole one. If Martinez hadn't gone full Martinez, you might have pulled that game out. I mean, it was over <laughs> wow. until he fumbled that ball, and that was a team that went to the playoffs. So don't think that they're not biting their nails a little bit in Ann Arbor about Nebraska just because it's still freaking Nebraska. You say what you want. I know the talent level's down and they change coaches, but uh, this isn't a walk in the park. It's Nebraska. What are you worried about with Michigan? Uh, I'm worried about the yeah, – well, not in this game, but pass rush a little bit. Um, just because I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not no. worried about it in this game, though. That's what I said, right? No, no that's what you, we we caught that, and, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't a steel chair off the top rope, but it's a great observation because everyone else has been getting home from time to right. time, you know. And that could go really bad for you guys. I'm worried about um, the offensive line. It's still coming together. There's five draft picks on that line, but they've only played together for three or four games. And, you know, you just never know what you're going to get. It looks like, like Miles Hinton, the transfer at right tackle, isn't, isn't playing great. And then we found out he's been injured, so they've shuffled the offensive line and moved the right tackle, the left tackle to the right, and put in Ladarius Henderson, the transfer from Arizona State. But I worry about the offensive line a little bit. Donovan Edwards isn't running the ball as aggressively as he was at the end of last year. But Corum, sadly for you guys, I feel like has rounded back into shape a little bit. Um J.J. For through the first three games was making every possible NFL throw he could make. It was amazing. Had a rough one against Bowling Green, got picked off three times. But last week seems to kind of gotten back to where he needs to be, and the kid can make every throw. He just has to not press and not fall in love with his arm. J.J. loves to fall in love with his arm. He thinks that he can fire it past anybody. Mm. And that's turned into his only weakness, his he loves his arm too much. And I think Harbaugh addressed that with him last week, saying just let the game come to you, don't force anything. But, yeah, the run game, can we run? I, I, don't, I don't know that you guys can move the ball against Michigan's defense. Um, I'm not sure it's at last year's level, but it's still pretty good. Mm. And then the kicking game. We miss field goals a lot now since Moody's with San Francisco. Nebraska's missed field goals quite a bit this year. We had a chance to, to sit down with Corum at, at Big Ten Media Days. We love that kid. I mean, he's, he's a great kid. He's he's so talented, and and we got into you know two years ago, Greg, where where Nebraska was the atmosphere was off the hook. It was a great ball game, great great night for college football, tough one for Nebraska, but they were they were right there. But Corum, I mean, they they are they are locked in. They're still ticked off about TCU, aren't they? I think they are a little bit. They realize an opportunity slipped right between their fingers. Um, you know, Michigan fans are doing their typical bitching and moaning, but the team still is outperforming last year when they played against a bunch of scrubs. Because um, last year they struggled with Maryland early on, and this year they haven't really struggled that much. None of these games were ever in doubt, and Harbaugh didn't coach the first three games. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think they've, they're on a mission. I don't know that they're good enough to win the national title, but they should be in the playoff. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
they still got to go through Penn State and Ohio State, one away, one home. And, uh, you know, if they get out of Nebraska unscathed, then the the two big tests they have to pass are at Penn State, which not a night game, thank God, mm-hmm. and home against Ohio State to end the year. So I think they're in good shape. I'm not sure, Chris, their national title. I'm sure they're top five. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they'll they'll end up playing for the national title. It's Greg Henson with us here on Hale Varsity Radio talking Nebraska-Michigan. And, Greg, from a Nebraska point of view, the, the keys to a victory, I think. You know, for, if you guys lose, you have to change that Hale to the Victors radio for a week, right? Yeah, no, no we're, not, we're not making no. that bet. That's above our pay grade. <laughs> oh, oh, but, you guys are so tough today, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but, but Greg, well, uh, Greg Hale simply to the put. Victors radio, one week. If you, all right, one day. Greg, we have watched <laughs> the past 10 years of Nebraska football. We're not making that bet. Um, hey, you know what though? Don't I don't I feel I feel your pain. We did a decade wandering in the wilderness too with Rich Rod and Brady Hope. Man, that's that's fair, but but boy, it it came back around quick for you. You know, and I thought the same thing would happen with Scott Frost. I was shocked that it didn't work out, but the more I learned, the more I realized. But man, to have to fire a guy like Scott Frost is just a gut punch. Yeah, and, and what, what Nebraska is looking for now, Greg, is that proof of concept game under Matt Rule to prove he is the right man for the job here at Nebraska. And maybe yep. that happens in year one, maybe it doesn't. But I want to get your thoughts on, on what we've been discussing here this week in terms of how Nebraska can make this a ball game. And the, the two thoughts are your rushing defense, which has been really, really good this year if you're in Nebraska. They need to, to slow down that Michigan rushing attack and try to make Michigan throw the ball around more than you would like. And then once you do that, you try to get some interceptions. You try to get some turnovers. Now, get your thoughts with the Michigan offense. Is that mm-hmm. a, a strategy for Nebraska to be able to hang around? Is it possible to slow down the rushing attack? And then, can you force JJ McCarthy into some mistakes? Because from my outside perspective, I see Michigan's receiving threats as Roman Wilson, and then well, everybody else who, who aren't as good as Roman Wilson. What's your take on that? Well, I think number one, I think the key is this game might end in two and a half hours. Michigan won last week in two hours and 50 minutes. I don't know if you guys realize that. (laughs) These two teams, if they run the ball, this game might be over in, you know, two hours and 15 minutes. And I think that's key for Nebraska. Take it out of Michigan's hands because J.J. can beat you now. He he makes some mistakes, but, I mean, his his quarterback rating is still pretty off the charts in the Big Ten, and there's pretty good quarterbacks in the Big Ten. Um the problem you'll have is covering the tight ends. I think Colston Loveland is one B, and Cornelius Johnson. They're also getting back. Um, they're also getting back the receiver uh, Tony Clemens, who's basically their big six foot four threat um, to go up and get the ball. They've been beat up a lot this week. I mean, last week their All Americans started for the first time. Will Johnson at quarter. But I think the way for Nebraska to win, run the ball. If you can run the ball, you got a chance. If you can't get first downs running the ball, it's going to be a tough day because. Frankly, your weakness is Michigan's strength in terms of the secondary. So if you guys have to throw the ball, I think you're going to run into trouble. Um, but, yeah, I think J.J. can beat you now. I think he's confident. Um, I, I think, you know, he's – like I said, though, here's how you force him. If you force him to fall in love with his arm and he gets cocky and thinks he can just whip it past people, that's when the turnovers come. He needs to learn to eat it and run. Greg Henson, Michigan Insider with us, Sale Varsity Radio. Greg, 60 60 seconds before we got to say goodbye. (laughs) It's my anniversary, 20 years. I've booked dinner. Do I need to get a gift? No. (laughs) We don't do gifts. Here's 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 what you do. Go to the Internet and Google. Write 20th anniversary poem. 
and then take that poem, <laughs> cut and paste it, customize a couple lines, give it to her, she'll melt. Give it to her with flowers, and you're done. Handwritten, too. <laughs> Handwritten, too. That's what Pete said back in hour one. Okay. And write it. That's okay. what I did. I honestly did this. I did that. <laughs> now, I'm going to take her to Iceland next summer, too, so that's part of it, but I'm not going to tell you that. Okay. No. <laughs> I, I would have to. At our 20th, too. Write a, huh? Take a poem. And, and and give it. She'll love a poem. Trust me. She'll melt. You'll get. You might get another ten years out of her if you write her a poem. That's funny. I will work on that. Uh, she will. <laughs> she will look at me and, and and just like give me the side eye and say, "Who wrote this?" Uh, She's she, going to say, "You took this off the internet." You did. You? That's what my you, wife. Said. You talked to Greg oh, again, didn't you? That's you, funny. You know what I got my wife on her twentieth too. The other thing, I got her a new vacuum went over huge no way i, I, I did that for yep. her first anniversary she wanted it though <laughs> this Great. is how you get control of your marriage baby. you just gotta get her you get her you get her the vacuum and say this is this is what i've gotten for you for your for our anniversary because i love the way you clean mm-hmm. i would do that <laughs> greg you'd be good i'm taking notes <laughs> go look at my facebook there's a picture of it on there you'll i'm not lying you'd be good man we'll see you this weekend all right all right man take care <laughs> And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back to you, it's Hale Varsity Radio. Time for a Jock Doc Wednesday, Nebraska Orthopedic Center. Dr. Brandon Seifert with us. Dr. Brandon, how are we doing? Great. How are you, buddy? We're good. We are good, and we are in the throes of some of us having miserable fantasy football seasons. Others are <laughs> thriving, and New Orleans is... Well, a little tough to watch, and uh, maybe it gets better with a change at quarterback, or maybe it gets worse. Derek Carr dinged as he's got a, a messed up AC joint. He got slammed to the ground on third and nine by a Michigan Wolverine named Rashawn Gary. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Definitely a brutal injury to see. I saw the video on that. Um, you know, a couple of things last week, probably a few times, I think, talked about AC joint injuries on the show. But essentially what this is, kind of the classic shoulder separation. Um, in the orthopedic sports medicine world, we call these AC joint or chromioclavicular joint sprains. Essentially what happens here is where that clavicle comes over your collarbone and hooks up with the bone on the top of your shoulder called the acromion. There's a joint that's there. Um, and there's, you know, really kind of, three really thick ligamentous structures that hold that all together. Uh, there's two main ones kind of on the bottom, and then, of course, the tissue that surrounds the joint called the capsule also is part of the stability of the structure. So what happens is with a shoulder sprain, you can get it a variety of ways, but the classic way of getting this is you basically land directly on that shoulder, shoulder gets driven into the ground, and then what happens is that clavicle or collarbone through those ligaments below and in the capsule and starts to lift up above where the acromion is of the bone on the outside, and hence you start to have this deformity that you will see above this, which leads to, the, you know, in essence, the AC joint separation. Uh, we do classify these. There's kind of a large kind of system we use. Uh, basically, there's six different types of these. The most common ones we see would be like a type 1 to type 3, or typically what we see. And that's basically how we approach these, at least initially from an anatomic perspective. Dr. Brandon Seifert's with us, Nebraska Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday. The Saints are 2-0, and they're turning to Jameis Winston as you have Derek Carr out with that AC sprain. And the medical team with New Orleans says week to week. Can we apply that to uh, to those grades, the, the type you were just talking? If we're hearing week to week from the 
Saints medical staff. What does that mean to you? Yeah, that's a great point, Chris. You know, probably lead with more obviously on the lower grade side, so probably more of a type one or type two. You know, essentially what happens there is you still have some decent ligamentous stability. You may get just a little bit of separation where that clavicle lifts up a little bit. But usually with that grade one, grade two range, you can typically get those folks back within one to two weeks, um, sometimes three or four, just really based on symptoms and how much pain is there. Uh, this being a sterling arm, uh, obviously, there's going to be a little bit of some challenge there in terms of how much velocity he can generate and just kind of dealing with the discomfort of it. Uh, fortunately for him, he's not doing a lot of you know, tackling or blocking, and so he's probably going to get back sooner than, say, you know, a linebacker, somebody who's involved in a lot of every play, kind of driving your shoulder into somebody. Um, so this probably lends itself to more of a grade 1-2 sprain. Um, again, pretty variable. It is definitely a week-to-week kind of injury. I mean, this could basically linger on for four to six weeks even potentially longer based on pain. It's Dr. Brandon Seifert with us here at Jock Talk Wednesday on Hale Varsity Radio talking. Derek Carr, Dr. Brandon, I think we've maybe gone through this before in this segment, but I've actually sprained the AC joint in my shoulder. It was a grade one. I did it trying jujitsu, the old garage <laughs> jujitsu. It wasn't garage. It was at a... Uh, is that a, an actual training facility? But. Okay, so it's not an alcohol-related incident. No, no, not okay. an alcohol-related incident <laughs> at all. It was, uh, it was going up against some man who was a lot larger than me and slammed me to the ground. And <laughs> boom, AC joint uh, was not feeling good. And for me, Doctor Brandon, it was about a week and a half before I could get my arm back above my head and feeling like I had decent range of motion. And then probably about. Uh, two and a half to three weeks before I didn't feel pain. Do you think that's a, a reasonable timetable here? I know you just said four to six weeks, but that was my experience with it. Is that reasonable or is that timetable change because Derek Carr is an NFL athlete and he's going up against NFL athletes every single week that are going to be trying to take his head off? Yeah, that's a good point. Absolutely. Um, I guess, you know, the take-home message here is, you know, be careful with the backyard jiu-jitsu. Um, <laughs> but, but, but moving forward on the football Karate side. Karate in the garage. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, on the football side of it, yeah, it really is pretty variable. These these are tough. And so it's hard to give that kind of black and white answer on these, even, you know, when it's like take care of several of these athletes in my own practice and on their teams. It's hard to kind of counsel coach on when they're going to get back. Um, usually when they do go back within a week or two, there's still quite a bit of pain that's there. They just tend to push through it. Um, and as long as, you know, that pain is at least manageable, you can kind of push through it. Obviously the risk here is you take somebody back fast. They really you know, smack that shoulder again on somebody. You can take this up to a different grade and you can you know, move somebody into a non-operative course too. Now they've got a really big sprain and they kind of ripped off the remaining stabilizing structures. Now they're into that, you know, type four, five, six range, and they need to think about surgical intervention as opposed to just treating it non-operatively. So that'd be the risk there. Uh, these do hurt a lot. Even if you're down to a, you know, a minimal you know, type 1 sprain, these hurt a ton. They hurt at night when you try to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of anything you do, they're really sore at least that first week to maybe up to three weeks. Dr. Brandon, what, what's the, the, the pain management? What's being given to Derek Carr to, to deal with this discomfort? Yeah, so this is where some of that controversy comes in. Um, obviously, if you're just using anti-inflammatories, which they will, uh, maybe a, a little stronger pain medicine, which they probably will, as long as there's an impact or impede kind of your mental thought process, uh, they'll consider those. Where the controversy lies with these is where does a steroid shot kind of, or you're even a, a lidocaine shot kind of come into play with these? 
Um, in my own practice, I, I don't utilize those with our young athletes. I think that's a wise thing to do. But at that high level, Division One, NFL type level, I've seen them used before in scenarios that I've been in, um, and it's and it's reasonable. I mean, you just have to know, have some realistic expectations of that. Out there, and you put a lidocaine shot, somebody, yeah, they feel great, but they they are miserable the next day or two, um, and so you probably impede some of that healing. And so that's always the big debate. Uh, but I know that those are utilized quite a bit, especially at that you know D1 level, NFL level. So that's probably something they'll have at least a discussion about. Dr. Brandon, what is the re-injury likelihood of this? Say, cars back in three weeks without the intervention, obviously, because it's it's a lower grade. Uh, is it just going to take one sideways shot to, to re-injure? You know, it usually takes a pretty good shot to re-injure, at least from the, the direct contact phase. Uh, where I see these re-injured more is, is the obvious. You get knocked down and land right on that shoulder. That's really kind of the biggest risk is, you know, basically recreating that same injury pattern that happened before. Um, usually it's not as bad as, you know, you're going up to block somebody or take kind of a head-on hit to the pads. But obviously, you fall directly on it. That's really where we see that re-injury risk go way back up. Dr. Redden, one final thought here. Do you see this affecting the, the long-term Derek Carr? Maybe uh, just the rest of this season in terms of velocity on the ball, what he's able to do with that throwing shoulder. Once he's back to being able to play football again, is there going to be any downsides to, to what could happen with his game? Yeah, you know, I think long-term outlook's really good. Uh, I would say minimal, if any, impact long-term. Uh, season-wise, yeah, this is going to impact him some during the season. Um, he'll be struggling a little bit, I would say, at least it's probably first four to six weeks for sure. Um, we'll be curious to see how that, you know, does impact his game that we get to see, but obviously he's going to struggle with it. But yeah, long-term, I don't think this will be a huge impact for him, especially if it's low-grade. Dr. Brandon Seifert's with us, Nebraska Orthopedic Center, a Jock Doc Wednesday. Dr. Brandon, great to spend some time. Thanks for a few minutes today. Okay, fellas. Take care. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. So, the anniversary dinner party just got crashed. Yeah. How, explain. Get the text message. Oh, your son's coming to dinner. Like the hell he is. He's going to work. And that really that really limits your option. I mean, you can no longer cut a hole in a box. No, no, like, no. Never no, gonna happen no. now. No, we weren't <laughs> going to do that anyway, Elijah, but thank you for your I thought it was a good idea. <clears throat> suggestion. Let's get back to football for a second. Adam <laughs> says, love Nebraska fans, but Michigan will come ready for the environment. Obviously, I'm a Michigan fan, but I see the game 34-10. to 10. Michigan pulls away in the third quarter. And uh, Nebraska hasn't defended a team, says Adam, like Michigan. I think Minnesota, but a better group of O-line, wideouts, tight ends, running backs, quarterback. Roll needs time. Year two, you guys will be vastly improved. And her dizzle's saying, take the under. Take the under. Love it. And more folks are saying, you know, we asked the question, does Nebraska hang around? And uh, I think they hang around for a while. Good stuff from, from Greg Henson, Michigan Insider. Check him out on the podcast. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Also, the Hale Varsity 
YouTube channel, Hail Varsity Radio Twitter. Evan Bland was with us this hour. And then Mr. Mike Babcock joined us from Hail Varsity. Get his newsletter, uh, Mike B. at HerdAdSports.com, where you can send him an email, send the folks there an email, and uh, get locked in that way. Tomorrow, Roadshow, the first of a trifecta. We are at the Single Barrel tomorrow, 4 to 6. Come see us. Single Barrel, 4 to 6. You're coming into town for Thursday night. That is awesome. And get some chops, get a steak, get a pork chop, get get whatever you want. They have whiskey, too, and uh, 200 to choose from. So get to the Single Barrel, 9th and P. We are at the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill Friday. Special guest on site with us to get things kicked off. Tom Chattel will join us. That'll be awesome. Tom Chattel with us Friday with some great guests as we're up in La Vista. Saturday, pre and post game, weekend edition of Hale Varsity at the bar, 16th and P. The bar, the bar. Seth and Greg, we love you. Thanks for having us out. And then Real Red Reaction follows after Nebraska, Michigan, the good, the bad, the ugly. Your thoughts, your comments. Your phone calls for Real Red Reaction. We invite you to join us on site at the bar, 16th and P, noon to 2, pregame Saturday, postgame as soon as Michigan-Nebraska comes to a conclusion. So, you have the uh, the marching orders. We want to see you. And uh, we, again, invite you to check out the podcast. Good stuff today. Go check out Tom Rathman. Mm-hmm. He was all over how Nebraska gets this done, and that's taking care of the football, but it's the crowd. It is you. And you got to ask yourself, are are you, say you're taking your family, say you're going yourself, or you're going with a buddy, you know, what's the, uh, the, the, the juice level? And that's a big thing to discuss. Can it grow into a hostile situation in a good way for Nebraska by kickoff. We'll talk tomorrow. See you at the Single Barrel tomorrow at 4 on Hale Varsity. A Huda Media Production.